three. Number three, this is the third thing on my list. And I think I went through today. I think I got about 14 of these. And I mentioned, I had, I had Dale came to me uh, Monday night, gave me another. So, gave me, so if you know of some others that I don't hit or something that you've thought of that people say that, but I know it's not true. I know it's not biblical. Tell me, write them down and I'll, and I'll, I'll put the research to it. We'll look at, we'll look at it from a biblical perspective and, and answer why it is or is not. Uh, a proper thing to say. All right, so here's one we hear we hear a lot. I hear a lot. Um, we are all God's children, right? We hear that. We are all God's children. Um, I just simply put, no, we're not. Okay, we're not. Although God has created everyone, not everyone relationally belongs to Him. Okay, so we are his creation. Everything on this earth, everything that exists is his by default. He owns it. It's his. He created it. But we're not his children. And I'll help you to understand this as we look at these verses. But you go back to Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. We could launch out and talk about the whole transgender issue right there. God creates male and female. I can remember we talked about male and female, and, and uh, that used to be the thing we talked about. And, and I think this is kind of crass, but it makes the point, you know, God didn't create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. You know, but look, look at the slide morally our country has taken since that has been embraced and accepted. Since the laws have been changed and, and, and that was the, the lie that was years ago of, well, this is just about two people that love each other. It's never been about that. There's always been a deeper, darker agenda. And it, and it ultimately is to normalize any and every sin. Every sexual perversion is to normalize it so that no one would even question it. Um, so... God created male and female. He created them. Only those who are repented or only those who have repented of sin place their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have the Holy Spirit of God inside of them can claim Him as their Father. Listen, if you're not indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, then you're not His. If you haven't come to a place of it confessing your sin and believing by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not His. You're not His. You're not a child of God. Being a child of God requires a, a being born again, being born into the family of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 17. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, I think, you know, when, you, when, when you're truly born again, you know it. The testimony I can give, I can, I can talk about what the Scripture says and what I've experienced from that, but I can tell you what I have personally experienced. I don't have to rely. I, I think it's great. I think it, it, we're going to talk about the, the power of testimony. When you look at the resurrection, you look at the evidence of the resurrection, that is compelling. It is extremely compelling evidence. All of the eyewitnesses, all of those things. But you look at, I think one of the strongest things is when you look at the disciples and, and, and all of the, the, the stories of them being martyred. I, I, you know, 
I know people will put on a lie. They'll play along with a lie. But when it comes to life or death, they're not, most people aren't going to die for a lie. They're not. Unless they're a lunatic like Jim Jones or whoever down there in, in South America. He's a nut. He was, a, he was an absolute lunatic. But our spirit, when we're, you know, when we're born again, it, 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 the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And, and the things that God does in our life as a child of God, when I sin, there's conviction. When I sin and don't repent, there's correction. And if, and if you, you go, well, the Lord's never corrected me. I've, I've never been corrected. Then you, you need to evaluate that because you're maybe not his child. Because whom the Lord loves, he corrects. He, he works in our life to bring us back into right relationship, right fellowship with him. Um, so... Think about 1 Corinthians uh, 15. We were in this verse a couple weeks ago. Verse 22 says this. uh, 22. "For, For as in Adam all die. Now we are all born in Adam. Okay? So in Adam we all die. We all have death on us from birth. We're born, we're born sinners. And we sin because we're sinners. We're born, we're born with that sin nature. But we're, because we are all in Adam, we bear all the marks of Adam. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. And I remember years ago, my brother called me and was asking about this verse. And he says, he says I just don't understand this. He said, because this verse implies, it says here that, that in, in Adam we all die, but in Christ, because of what Christ did, we're all made alive. It's true to a point, but here's the truth of it. It's, you've got you've to look at the verse. We're dead because we're born in Adam. We're made alive if we're born in Christ. If we're in Christ, then we are in the family. But we have to be in Christ. It's, it's not just going to church. It's not just getting baptized. It's not just uh, giving away some money, doing good works, play, whatever. You can do all the things, all the works you want to do. It doesn't do any good. It is simply through a faith relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is how we come it, we, we get in Christ by faith. I relate it like this. Um, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in, in him, in him, has everlasting, uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that word in him, in him, that, the, the Greek word there is, um, if I re- remember correctly, it's E-I-S. It's, I, it's like ice, ice. And it's, the word means in or it can also mean into. So the idea is we don't just we don't just believing in Christ, we believe into Christ. And the picture of that, we can go back to the ark. Noah and the ark. Noah built the ark. God told him how to build the ark. He spends a hundred years building the ark. No one knew the ark better than other than God than Noah did. He built the ark. Great work, right? Out there sweating for a hundred years, building this ark, all these things. Builds the ark, it's there, it's ready. And then God says, get in the ark. Now, what does Noah have to do to make it safely through the coming storm judgment? He has to get in the ark. And to get in the ark, he has to have faith. He has to have faith in the vehicle that God provided to take him through the storm. Noah built the ark. 
did all this work. He did all this great stuff. But if God says get in the ark and Noah says, I don't know, Lord. I, I built the thing, Lord. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 got my, I got my doubts. I got my doubts here. Here's the bottom line. If he does not believe in, in the vehicle God has provided, if he doesn't have faith in that and get into the ark, he's going to die with everybody else. He has to believe into the ark. It's the same way with Christ. It's not just a head knowledge of Christ. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. There's a lot of people who believe in Jesus. The demons believe and they tremble. They're, not only do they have a head knowledge, they are emotionally moved by, by Christ and their, their belief in knowing who He is. They believe Him. They can't believe into Him. They cannot put faith in Him. We have to put faith into Christ. So it is... It is in Christ that all those who are in Christ shall be saved. It's the only way is in, in Christ. Those are the children of God. So, however, those who are not in Christ do not have Jesus as their Savior, nor have the Holy Spirit of God inside of them. Actually, those people actually belong to Satan. Okay? And, uh, and when people, these next couple of verses are going to help you with this. When you hear people say it, you can, you can help them with this. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says... And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Okay? We walked according to the course of the world according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? Satan. Satan. We walked according to the, the world and we walked according to the prince of the power of the air, Satan. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Those who have rejected Christ, those who have not followed Christ, those who have not been born again, they are sons of disobedience. They're sons of Satan. They're children of Satan. And there's probably no, no clearer verse on this than 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. It says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So... There's some, listen, those are some strong words right there. Those are strong words that would, that sometimes might, be, whoever, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Now, I understand, I, you know, there's the whole concept people say, well, you can't, you don't, you don't backslide. I don't, I don't believe that. I think you can have a time where you can get away from the Lord if, if, if because I'll ask you this, are you as close? Let me ask you this way. I'll ask you all. Are you, are you as close right now as you've ever been with God? Has there ever been a time in your life where you are closer to the Lord than you are right now? Has there ever been a time? Then you've backslidden. If there was a time in your life where you were closer to the Lord than you are right now, you're backslidden. You're, you've gotten away from Him a little bit, okay? Carnal Christians. Those are Christians that are living carnally. Paul writes to them. He's talking to them. They are carnal Christians. They're Christians who are still walking. So we can, we can walk for a season. But if you're really a child of God, you're going to be corrected. The problem comes in when we see people who totally walk away and abandon the Lord. And they say they're a Christian. And I have a problem with these people who say I'm a Christian. And they, they just totally walk away. And, and this idea of, well, I can, I can worship God on my lawnmower. You know what? That's a true statement. You can worship God on your lawnmower. 
But if you're on your lawnmower Sunday morning, I'll, I'll bet you my right leg you ain't worshiping God. You get my, you see what I'm saying? So this, this thing of pulling away and, and just walking away from the Lord, if you're really a child of God, I don't believe, you, I don't believe you'll do that. I don't believe you can do that. And, and, and people who say, well, I don't, I don't need to come to church. Well, Scripture's very, very clear on that. Very clear on that. We're not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together. And that's not an online thing. That's not a, a, you know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm there in spirit. It, this is what we're supposed to do right here. I, I, need, I don't know about y'all. I need this. I need this. I, 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 the fellowship with my brothers and sisters recharges me. It, it, it is so good to be with you. I hope, I hope something I might say at some point encourages you. But y'all encourage me. Y'all being here encourages me. When I see people, Monday night in prayer band. I don't, I don't even go name names because we don't talk about what goes on in prayer band. I'll just say this. I had a man that said he wasn't going to pray, and then he started praying in, in prayer band. He started praying in our little group, and it just thrilled my heart just, just, just to see that, that obedience to, you know, we weren't going to force him, but said, hey, would you pray? And he's like, I don't know. I don't think so. And then the next thing I know, he just jumped right in there and went to praying. Praise God. That thrills my heart. I just seeing somebody say, you know what? I, yes, I love the Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to get closer to him. I want to I respond to what he's having me do. That's a scary verse. Whosoever, do, whosoever does not practice righteousness is not, of, is not of God. So am I practicing righteousness? Or am I practicing, you know, just like the, the world? Do I walk out of here Sunday after church and, man, for six days I just live like the world? Or do I practice righteousness? Am I living a life that reflects Christ living in me? It's a, it's a, that's a big check right there, isn't it? Okay. So God is the father of us all in the sense that he formed us and gave us life, but we are not all God's children. Okay, so until you're born again, until we accept his gift of eternal life by confessing and repenting of our sin, accepting Jesus uh, by faith, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross on our behalf and surrendering our lives to him, we cannot be his children in the true biblical sense of the word. We're just one of his created beings. All right, any questions on that or, or input? Any thoughts you guys have on that? Some other verses, maybe. Trish, you always feel free to throw a verse in there. If you got a verse, that's good. Okay, I, I love it. Um, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in uh, John 6, verse 43 and 44, he says, Why do you not understand what I'm saying? Because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father. Your father. Can you imagine Jesus telling you that? Woo! <laughs> That's scathing. That's scathing. Wow. That's strong. That's good. Anybody, anything else? That's excellent. Mixed in together. Yeah. They're not all right. The tares. Good. Good. Okay. All right. See what we can see what we can get through. Is that a good sign? Oh, <laughs> she's not going. He is. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, number four, uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. Um, is Bob a clean, is he a clean freak? Yeah, he came up, he came up to me last week and we, I mean, he said something about, now cleanliness is next to godliness. That's true, that is, that's so... He's, he liked that one. So cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, ever heard that? Yeah. Probably heard a parent say it or a grandparent or somebody. And, and so they're probably like telling you, you know, you were out playing in the mud. They want you to clean up or, or whatever. There's some reason they want Now listen, cleanliness is next to godliness. And, and so um, now I'll say this. So people around you may appreciate you staying clean. Amen? Listen, uh, if you smell yourself, 20 other people have already smelled you. That, I had somebody tell me, I had a thing, I read that or heard that, 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 if, that if, if you smell yourself, if you like go, oh, ew. 10, 15 other people have already smelled you. So that, that's, the, that's the, the thing, all right? You, apparently others can smell you before you smell. Look, being clean is a good thing. You know, we don't want to feel, be offensive, and not, but, but it has nothing to do with the godliness, okay? Uh, Parents may use that as a way, it's an unbiblical statement to motivate their kids to clean their rooms or to take a bath or wash their face or whatever it might be. All right, children, cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, don't, don't put that on God. He didn't say that in the scriptures, all right? Exodus 20, verse 12. Here's a better verse to use. If that's, you want to get your kids to, to do right, then, then teach them this. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Trisha and I were talking today, so I may reference her several times in this, but she's talking about how working with little children, it's so helpful to use the scriptures. And, and you don't have to, like, browbeat a verse into them but just teaching them the biblical principles that would apply to that so that they understand why this is. Look, wouldn't this be a better way to do this? Because God tells us to do this. And, and so it's just good teaching, okay? So use Scripture, use proper Scripture. Don't browbeat them with it, but teach, teach your kids to obey that way. Matthew 23, 27 says, Woe to you, now listen, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Okay, so it, it doesn't have any spirituality. Our, our walk with Christ, our closeness with Christ, none of that has anything to do with what we look like outside. Uh, that's why you don't, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I can't come to church. I'd have to, I gotta, I'd have to quit cussing and drinking and smoking and I'd have to cut my hair and, you know, I'd have to get a suit and all this stuff before I come to church. Well, no. Because you could do that, but it don't do you a bit of good. It don't do you a bit of good. You need God to change the inside. And then the things on the outside that need to be changed, he'll change that. Let him bring that conviction, okay? I so want to talk about something right now, <laughs> but I'm not. Well, I can't because it's online, okay? So I can't, all right? So sometimes I just have to, I have to keep my mouth shut because certain people may watch. And I just, I cannot say what I want to say right now. Um, we can clean up outside and still be just as filthy inside. You know, it's, it's, about, it's about what we just talked about, being born again, being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, that's the cleansing that matters. Now, I think we need to be, you know, we're a family. And, and if, somebody, if somebody just 
comes in again and again and again, and they're just, you know, here, here's youth ministry. Some of those kids are getting to a place where they start to smell, and, and nobody's told them, you know, here's, here's, here's some right guard, okay? And use it on the left side too, okay? Um, you got it, you got it. Somebody needs to tell them that. And I know Aaron has, has faced that a couple times where he's like, I had to help some kids understand just hygiene. And so, you know, cleanliness is very appreciated, right? It's appreciated. But it, it, ain't, it ain't next to godliness, okay? Um, this illustration I wrote down in here, when I was in Tajikistan, one of the times I was there, the only translator I could get, we were going out and working in a, in a village, and the only translator I could get was a, a, was a secular Muslim. Okay, so he, said, he would say he was a Muslim, but he wasn't practicing Muslim. He'd never, as I got to talking with him, he'd never even read the Koran. So it was just cultural. We'd be like a lot of Christians in America. They'd come over and they'd say, well, what are you? Oh, I'm a Christian. Praise God. You know, it, it, that. But that, that's what this guy was. But then there was another guy out there who was pretty, he was coming out and helping with some work projects, and he was a pretty devout Muslim. And he noticed that we were praying, so all of a sudden then he got serious about his praying. And so he goes out into the field one day. He goes out there, and they, they wore these like, like a gown kind of. And he goes out in the field, and he squats down in the field. And he went out there with a thing of water. I'm not going to get graphic, but he's out there squatted down, and he's cleaning himself. He's cleaning his privates and stuff. I'm like, he wasn't immodest because he was covered and everything. But he's, but he's doing that, and so I'm talking to the other guy, and I'm like, what's he doing? Well, he's about to go pray. I said, okay, so what's he doing? Well, he's, he's got to clean himself before he goes to pray. I said, why? Well, you know, you got to be clean, clean when you approach God. I said, so cleaning his privates is getting him clean, but what about his feet? He didn't wash his feet. They're filthy. He kind of looks at me. And I said, but I got a better question. I said, what about his heart? He never, he never could answer me. It just shocked him. So I was, I was able to witness to him. Never got him to come to a place of, 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 of acknowledging anything. Wait, uh, is it So cleanliness is not next to godliness, okay? That's, that's not true. Do not tell your kids that. Do you browbeat your kids with that? I never abuse kids. It's... Just don't tell them it's Bible. Because it ain't Bible. <laughs> we'll pray for that we'll pray for you on that okay anything else on that you think he was Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I, that's that's an interesting thought. I've never thought of John the Baptist being filthy. I don't. I, I have to think about that. I have to think about that. 
Yeah, I, he was getting a bath every day. I don't know. I hadn't thought of it that way. So I get, I get, I get your thought there, though, Thomas. Okay. All right. Let's, let's try to get one more in. All right, one more. Well, it'd be three tonight. Man, it'd be three tonight. Number, number, number five. God won't give you more than you can handle. You ever heard that? Yeah, some of you are laughing already because you go, oh, yeah, that's not true. Uh, God won't give you more than, ha- than you can handle. But I hear that. I hear a lot of people say that. God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, the reality is that all of life is more than we can handle. Amen? Amen. All of life is. Uh, ever lost a loved one? Ever lost a job? Ever gotten a, a bad medical report? Um, I was thinking when I was writing this, I was thinking about Randy with, with Becky a couple of weeks ago. Have you ever had your spouse rush to, to the hospital with chest pains? Okay. That, that's, more than, that's more than really we can bear. It's not like we just go, oh, that's no big deal. No, it's, these are heavy burdens. You ever had a child go missing? We were, we were in a, what store were we in? Do you remember when Jordan went missing? Was it Walmart? And she had gotten into, they used to have a lot of these, I guess they still have them, these circular where they hung all the clothes. She'd gotten in the middle of that and she thought it was fun playing hide and seek. Gave me a heart attack. Because, you know, we're there and then, Next thing you know is she's gone. That has been my greatest fear. It's been my greatest fear as a parent since my kids were little. Even now, Jordan's 22. She hates it that I want to know where she's at or something. I mean, hates that. Like, yeah, I need to let me grow up. I'm like, look, I ain't trying to control you, but I'd like to know where you're at. I want to know you're okay because I love you. I love you. That's why I do this. Can you hear that? Um. But she disappeared, and we were like, Jordan, Jordan, you know, so we start calling out. I mean, I mean panic hits me like that. And then, she thought it was, then, then I think she got scared because she heard us calling for her. So she finally came out of there, you know, the relief that comes with that. But the fear that strikes, that's more than I can handle. It's more than I can handle. I can't handle that. That's why, that's why the, to say God won't give us more than we can handle. Look, life brings things in our, God brings things in our life all the time and allows things in our life all the time that are more than we can handle. The point of living in a fallen world is not for us to try really hard to carry our heavy burden, but rather give up, quit, and surrender to God. That's what faith is all about, is giving it to Him. Everything is more than I can handle, but not more than Jesus can handle. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Isn't that all of us? Well, yeah, the, the, spiritually, we labor. We try, to, we try to win our own salvation. We try to do it ourselves. We try to be spiritual. We try to do all that. It's works driven. And he says, look, come, put your, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all. Uh, oh, wait, did I misread that? Casting some, most. No, no, it does say all. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You, you cast your care on Him because you're not designed to carry your, those burdens. Your, your shoulders aren't big enough to carry the burdens. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious, or, or the King James uses the word careful there. Be careful for nothing. Uh, I like the word careful because it's, the idea is being full of care. It's not careful like, oh, you know. It's, it's not that. It's being full of care, being anxious, being, being just covered up with anxious. But be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, what a great promise this is. 
What a great promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look, when you, got, you feel anxiety, pray. Pray. Go to the Lord in prayer. Lift your supplications to God. Remember it with thanksgiving. Thank Him for what He's done in your life. Remember, I mean, Thanksgiving's great because when we've got something going on, why would, why would Thanksgiving be a part of that? Because you, we start remembering what God's done for us in the past. We start saying, oh, Lord, thank you. I've been through something like this before, and you walked me right through it. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to remember that. Thank you, Lord, for for showing me how you take care of me and and, and me being able to cast this on you. And when we do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Great, great verse, great promise. God won't give you more than you can handle. I'd say this, yes, he most certainly will. He'll either allow it or he'll bring it. Do you think for a second Job, well, Job had no trouble handling that. Piece of cake. All his children in one day dead. All of his possessions wiped out. All of his wealth is taken from him. All of that. And then he's got boils all over. I mean, yeah, I mean, piece of cake. Job would have had no trouble with that. No, that was absolutely more than he could handle. But Job did the right thing and he cast it on the Lord. Ask the Apostle Paul about this. Paul wrote these words in 2 Corinthians 1.8. He says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, for our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened, listen, burdened beyond measure. Burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Does that sound like Paul had it all under control? I got this. Nah, Lord, I'm fine. I got this. No, he was, the, the words he chose, burdened beyond measure, above strength, despaired even of life. It shows us that the difficulties he and the other disciples experienced were well beyond their human ability to handle it. Verse 9, uh, continuing there, he says, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Now, why sometimes do things come in our life that are more than we can handle? So that we'll cast it on the Lord. So, so that we'll give it to Him. So that we'll let Him carry us through the fire. And the truth is, you know, if, if we can do it in our strength, why do we need God? Why do I need God if I can do it in my strength? Um, I, I, I can't get through a single day without the Lord. Even the good days that seem like there's no problems and no troubles and no struggles. I can't get through a single day. I need him every day. I need him for every situation. Amen? Anybody else relate to that? All right. Any thoughts on that? Any, any other verses or thoughts to follow up on that? All right. So if you got anything, if you can think of some others of these, we'll research them out. We'll, we'll, we'll bring them. Give you some tools to help folks. We'll get give you a preview. Well, I've only got one more in these notes. The others, uh, the temptation was too strong. I just couldn't resist. That's the, that's the next one. All right. Nothing. All right, Dale. Brother, would you stand up and and uh, and uh, close us in prayer tonight?